the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast and thank you very much for tuning in. Today we've got David Crawford who is the group CTO for Naked Wines. Naked Wines are revolutionising the way wine is made and sold in the UK, USA and Australian markets. Their customers help them directly support talented independent winemakers in return for preferential prices which they pass on to their customers who they call angels. The angels invest each month towards future orders, so I'm sold. Sounds fantastic. Um, can't wait to have a look today after today's recording, but um, lovely to have you on, David. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, wine, wine coming to your door direct from fabulous independent winemakers at a decent price. What is not to love about that? <laughs> yeah, it sounds fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and, um, yeah, hi, David. It's great to have you on. Um, we um, think we came across your details as we share a mutual connection, Armadeep Sira, which um, I yeah. think she's uh, pretty well known in the, uh, in the tech industry. Um, so it was... yeah, she's, got a, she's got a fabulous story, uh, Armadeep, not just... Um, you know, as an empowered woman in technology who's come come through a variety of technology roles. But, you know, she was in like a totally different industry as a school teacher before. And she just went, yeah. oh, I'm going to do something different. Her her story is amazing. And I'm happy to have been part of it and support a part of it. Fantastic. Brilliant. And um, so it'd be good to great to start with um, finding more about yourself, David. Um, I always like to to start these off with, um, you know, finding out where did it all start? How did you get into the tech industry? And, and let's hear about your journey. Sure. Okay. Um, well, it started um, about 30 years ago, just, just over 30 years ago. This is the point at which you say you don't look that old, David. But <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I, um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was, I was into sports. I was kind of an out, outdoor kind of guy and, and, um, and I was, I was on my way after sixth form to, to university to study sports science. And I was just a bit fed up with education. And I was sort of, I was signed up to go. And it literally like a, a month before I was due to go, I was like, do you know what? I'm not going. I'm, I'm kind of done with education. And, and, and that's something that I've sort of maintained as I've gone through. I've, I've learned lots as I've gone, but I've, I've never been back to formal education. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always kind of learned from a practical way of, of doing things. So I thought, right, I need to sort of get myself onto some, and, and I guess you might call it an apprenticeship or a training scheme or something like that. Um, and I literally had no idea. I just knew it wasn't going to be in the sports direction that I was taking. And computers were, were really coming to the forefront then, you know, were becoming much more accessible. Um, and I went, well, it sounds interesting. I'd, I'd done a little bit of a, a computer course at school, which was basically playing worm on the computer. And I thought, you must be able to do more than this <laughs> Um, so, so I showed a bit of interest in that and I managed to get on actually a, a government um, training scheme, a six month intensive uh, programmer training course for, and this will, this will date me, for uh, programming in COBOL on ICL mainframes. Wow, I remember the days of recruiting for COBOL. 
Exactly, exactly. Had I kept up that skill, I'd now be working for about a million pounds a day for a bank somewhere. But, you know. <laughs> um, and um, and, and I, I got into that and it, it was a great course. It was for Her Majesty's Stationery Office, uh, HMSO in Norwich. Um, that, right. that department that doesn't exist anymore, but there was sort of 2000 people up in Norwich. It was straight into a sort of a big corporate environment. Um, and, um, and I really, you know, was working with a team and, and sort of learning how to interact with people, learning about technology. And it was, you know, some of today's technology is a little copy and paste, little using a tool. This was mm -hmm. kind of some of my colleagues that were there were still using uh, uh, like cards, programming cards to, to feed the machines and stuff. I was, I was on the new exciting stuff on the, on the sort of uh, actually programming in, uh, in a text editor, you know, so that was quite interesting. Um, and that, that sort of ignited my passion, but, but funnily enough also started the journey of me not being a great doer of technology. So <laughs> although, I got into it, although it interested me greatly, although I was very passionate and have remained so, I've never been very good at doing it. And so I kind of straight away started looking for how can I stay in this industry, but sort of do other things. And again, that's been part of my career journey throughout. That's great that you recognize that. And so what? I think I recognized it. Maybe one or two of my managers also recognized it. So yeah, so basically I, 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 I had established that I enjoyed the technology industry and I wanted to do other things. Um, I then sort of got involved with supporting a, a, a project management software tool and that started me thinking, oh, what's this whole project management thing? How does that work and stuff like that? So kind of, again, that whole self-education, I just dived in, learned a bit and, and became, a, a, you know, um, knowledgeable about project management, particularly in technology uh, delivery projects. Um, and so that sort of grew from there and I went project manager, uh, program manager, program director, uh, and eventually all the way up to owning uh, and running a, um, a team of, of about 500 people as a, a director of software engineering at Sky. So I, I fast path there, but, but basically always technology and always sort of more on the making technology accessible to the business people, the stakeholders in the wider business, rather than being the person who does the technology. Um, but part of that was being able to work with, understand, communicate with, and find people who were better technologists than me. And that's something that sort of stayed with me consistently throughout my career. Fantastic. And, and now you're CTO at Naked Wines. You've been there for, what, four or five months? Have you? Uh, yeah, about four months coming up to that. Um, Fantastic. And, um, yeah, and that, that's something that um, came about. So I, I've held um, uh, a few positions, I suppose, my... My biggest role was at, was at Sky, where I was director of software engineering um, and had a team of about 500 people spread across the, the, the globe, looking after several product, uh, projects. And that was really exciting. And I enjoyed it. But I actually got to the point where I couldn't really see where else I could go with that. And also at 500 people scale, you're a little far away from anything. You're sort of not quite in the detail of, of too much. You know, you're sitting sort of almost in an ivory tower signing checks and you know getting presentations done to you and it's okay and you feel like you've made it and, and for half an hour and then you go actually I'm a bit bored now right so mm -hmm. um, so I decided to sort of try to dive that down a bit I, I did an interim role for Camelot Global the lottery people national lottery people that was really interesting and exciting then I went to yeah a, I imagine that was great yeah, it's good. Then I went to a much smaller uh, um, company, not, not a startup, more of a scale up um, in Shoreditch. Had to throw away all my suits. You know, I tried to grow a beard, didn't really work. But um, <laughs> you know, 
it was an interesting it was interesting to see the the culture coming through in smaller technology companies uh, the diversity there was absolutely fabulous um and just you know the real sort of uh, grit and energy that people wanted to do new things in new ways um and then and then i and then i finished there i got them to a point where they were going to be acquired um, and then I basically was looking for the next thing and I knew I didn't want it to be too big, but I knew I didn't want it to be really small. I sort of worked out what my sweet spot was and Naked Wines is, is for me is exactly at the point where, you know, they've got um, uh, sort of 300 people globally and, and, um, and, are, and are growing. They've got a, a really good solid business. Their technology is a good solid base but everything is up for scaling. Everything is up for growing. And the future looks really, really great in that industry. And they want somebody who has got some experience of, of how to scale a business, how to scale a technology team uh, and all of those things, but also somebody who isn't just gonna come in and go, right, it's solution F, this is how you do it. Somebody who's gonna be flexible, somebody who's gonna come in and understand the culture of that business, how they wanna work and how they wanna grow. And I think through the previous roles I've played, I've sort of made myself into that into that person who's got some experience but some flexibility as well. That's great. That's really exciting. Great opportunity for something for you to get your teeth stuck into and and like you say, up upscale and, and something challenging. Yeah. Um, when we from our initial conversation um that we had, I think it was last week regarding this podcast. Um, we, you were talking, we were discussing um, a bit about the values um, that you work to within Naked Wines, how you're kind of trying to give back and support your customers, your suppliers. Um, can you talk a little bit more about this and tell our listeners more about, about that? Because I think it, given the current times as well, I think that'd be quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was talking to a, a colleague yesterday at Naked who who just come back from uh, maternity leave. So I, I I'd been in the company for three or four months, but hadn't yet engaged with her. And um and so she she asked me, you know, what have what have you found, you know, about Naked Wine that would interest you? And um and one of the things I said was that I, I've long been an ambassador for uh, diversity. I've I've um, I instigated at Sky the uh, Women in Technology program and sort of ran oh, that. Wow. Uh, which is hugely uh, successful so that's amazing yeah exactly so that was that was a really good program uh, that me and a few of my colleagues championed um i was also a, a, a women in leadership uh sponsor um and so that was a, that was a good initiative um and um and i've, I've looked for diversity I've, I've worked with a great uh bunch of people in portugal um and um so continue looking for that diversity but also a culture that accommodates the the diversity that you have right mm -hmm. and and you know particularly when it comes to families I'm, I'm a huge family man myself my children are a bit older now but but you know making sure that you're accommodating people to do their best work for you but in a way that suits their lifestyle uh, and and the rest of their family and and, and other things that they have uh, interest they have in their life and and I and I saw that a bit at Sky, but Sky's such a huge place, it was difficult to mm -hmm. do in a personalized way. And then I saw that a bit at Camelot and, and they were getting it right. And then when I went to Shoreditch, everybody, it's standard there, right? It absolutely the respect that everybody has for each other and their their life choices and, and all of that kind of stuff is so ingrained in the Shoreditch culture. And then I found that similar thing in Naked Wines. And, and they're just, it felt a bit like coming home. That's what I said to my colleague yesterday. It felt like finding a place where actually 
my values mm -hmm. and principles are underpinned by the actions that, that that company do. And so they look after their staff enormously well. And, and you know, not only from a, from a, a people support point of view, and, and there's things which on the surface may look like they're sort of little value adds and bells and whistles, but we've got things like we have a mental health service support. We have things for like uh, a physiotherapist who can help you with your back problems. We have uh, food Fridays where, you know, we get a, an outside catering to get everybody teamed up together having food. And sometimes we do it internally ourselves. We have all sorts of things. Plus, of course, we're a wine company. We have lots of wine tasting, right? And, and everybody loves that a lot. Um, but I think it's not just our staff. I think everybody would say, yeah, we look after our staff. You know, that's good. And I think mm. we also focus hugely on our, on our customers and, and our angels, as you said, the, these people who are on the journey with us, investing in the, in the talented independent winemakers who we've got relationships with. And, yeah. and then, like, this, this relationship that goes customer through us to our winemakers. And, and, you know, we're supporting the winemakers who perhaps otherwise couldn't have the, the ability to focus on the quality and the range of wines that they're doing, might not be given that opportunity. But our funding and our business model with them allows them to do that. And that gets great wine to our customers. So it's a very symbiotic relationship where everybody wins from that. Um, and and so, so that's really important. In, to your point about the current time and, and how's that, I think that, you know, we've got um, uh, 300 people around the globe now working from home. So that was a, you know, an almost overnight thing seven weeks ago. You know, it was like, oh, okay. And I, I was like, what was it? Five weeks in the job. And it's like, can you just get everybody working from home? Fortunately, my uh, team uh, there are, are, are really on top of it. And, and they managed to get that sorted very quickly. Um, and we've supported those people working from home in all sorts of ways, not just with technology, but with, uh, you know, personal support. We've helped, we've helped uh, let people who have childcare challenges, you know, children running around at home. Everybody's been very understanding. We've said, look, unprecedented times, you know, you need to not attend a few conference calls or have a couple of days off here and there. We're going to be really flexible about that yeah, because we value the contribution that you make you know, at other times, you know, when, when we're not in a situation like what that. Size, um, what size team is that that's been responsible for the 300? Oh, it's a, it's a team of about six people. Wow. Yeah, so it's quite a small team. They're, <laughs> they're an efficient bunch. And, um, and we had, you know, VPN set up, so it's all done securely <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm out of respect to them. I'm not going to say they didn't have to pull a couple of long days. And, and you know, there were some challenges around that. But they've done an absolutely super, superb job at, at across Maybe. the globe. Uh, you know, there's some in-country local challenges, but also giving access to all of our global systems. You know, that, that's something that we've had to do. And, and security is obviously paramount. We've got a lot of customer details, you know, so we need to make sure that we're doing that in a, in a secure mm -hmm. way. And there's some, uh, there's some challenges to that. But, but the guys rose to the challenge and, and everybody seems to be really happy. And, and we can carry on going. You know, we can carry on working at home for a little while yet. So... You know, I think in line with the government advice, we're, we're, we're not looking to change the status tomorrow, you know? Yeah, that sounds great. I guess being a global team as well, you're quite used to using the sort of communication and collaboration tools on offer. Is it um, MS Teams or what have you been using at Naked Wines to stay um, connected? So largely, largely, we're a Google Suite um, uh, company. Okay. We, we subscribed to that a few years ago. Um, so Hangout is, is, the, is the, uh, the video conference of choice internally. But we've been doing some uh, virtual wine tasting sessions. Um, so uh, Aim and I, 
Eamon, who's our global wine guy. Uh, he's the sort of face of, of, of Naked Wine from a, a, a wine expertise perspective. Um, yeah. And uh, one, of our, one of our wine experts, Ray, they, they hold something called uh, Thirsty Tuesday. So you can, you can go, and, go and look for that. And basically we get uh, wi our winemakers that, that are um, uh, part of our angel network and they come on and they talk to our angels. And, you know, hopefully you've been able to get a bottle of their wine and you can literally do a wine tasting and they'll talk to you about what's in the wine, how it was made. Right. Yeah. So we, we're doing that. And that's, that's generally done through Zoom because that, there's a, a level of control that you can, uh, you can bring to that as mm. well. Um, but we actually, and, and talking about, you know, keeping people working from home and stuff, obviously a large part of that is not the physical and technical part, but it's the, it's the mor morale part of it, right? Keeping people's spirits high. Of course. Um, we've got a number of things that we've done in, in that area. Uh, we've, we've got just little things like we have Slacker of the Week. So, you know, we encourage people. We've set up a few funny channels and the Working From Home channel and a Tell Me What's Going On channel. We've even got a Rate My Lunch channel, you know, sort of thing. And, um, and we've, got, <laughs> we've got people posting up funny pictures and, and all of that and animated GIFs and I stuff. And, I might steal that idea. That's a good one. Yeah. Sandra, you would never win Rate My Lunch. She has the same thing for lunch every day. Chicken couscous and Sandra. <laughs> You've got to vary it up there, Sandra. You've got to get some kebabs ordered in there. Yeah, you're going to have to be a bit more inspirational if you want to put it in a Rate My Plate channel. <laughs> that sounds like really good fun and definitely some great ideas there because obviously it must have been really difficult. Starting a new, a new job can be challenging at times, but like you say, you were literally five weeks in so that's not even really enough time is it to get your feet under the desk and settled in before all this disruption um so I can imagine that was definitely really challenging what about sort of like motivating the teams around delivery and uniting the teams you've mentioned some great sort of like team working ideas there, but motivating the teams around their work would be really helpful because obviously we're in week eight now of lockdown here aren't we in the UK and pretty much it looks like we're going to be another eight weeks at home so by the time this podcast comes out it'd be great to give any tips around that for our listeners sure i think that um uh in terms of motivating the team to do their work mm -hmm. it, in naked wines and I, and I think probably a lot of my peers across technology uh companies will probably be feeling the same yeah. is that actually um, a lot of the technology delivery teams for a long time have wanted to work from home more, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're like, you know, I can get my head down. I can, you know, I mean, you walk into any modern technical department and half the, half the team have got their headphones on, right? And are just like down on their computers and don't disturb me. So, you know, you take their headphones off and put them in their private environment at home and they can knock themselves out, right? Yeah. And so actually, I think that we've seen um, productivity I think probably in the first couple of weeks as everybody settled in, it probably dipped a little bit as people got yeah. used to it. And then I think when people did get used to it, it was like, okay, well, I'll just crack on then sort of thing. And so we've not really seen a big productivity dip in technology delivery. Mm. I think what people are missing are the whiteboard chats, the thing where you could, somebody's trying to explain something to you and you, and you just normally would go, just jump in a room and we'll just, we'll just do it up on the whiteboard. And, yeah, we've looked at virtual whiteboards and I've got a whiteboard here, but you can't quite see it when I'm drawing on it and stuff like that. So I think there's, there, is, there is need for, for that kind of you know, collaborative working space in that sense. But when people are actually cracking on with their jobs, I, I don't think it's caused that much of a problem. Mm. Um, and so, so that's good. I think the, the biggest thing is not so much 
group productivity or team productivity, but individual productivity because, and you know, I, I was just asking you uh, at the start of this, Sandra uh, uh, and Ellie, how, how you were at lockdown, you know, and mm -hmm. so I'm saying, oh yeah, you know, up and down, good days, bad days. And, and I think, you know, that's the thing is that you can, it's such a weird situation that you can turn up with somebody who you've been working with fine all week and then Friday morning, you talk to them and they're just a totally different person. And you have to be sort of, you know, think about that and get your empathy skills on and just go, okay, well, what's happening here? Do I need to help them out? You know, do I need to cut them some slack today? And so it's reading that and mm. understanding how people feel and, and you know, and, and then helping the rest of the team go, you know, Fred's not going to be as useful today as he was yesterday, and that's okay. So, you know, let's let's just pick up the slack and and um, and, and wrap around and, and make things a bit better for Fred. You know, yeah, so it's, it's I think really, that's really good. your way through that. Yeah, and I think that's something that everyone can relate to. It's difficult, isn't it? And it's it is hard. One minute you're trying to give it your all, and 100 percent of things are going fantastically, and the next day it's just not as easy to do that, is it? We're all We've all never been, I've never spent this much time in my house before. I'm actually finally getting some money worth out of my mortgage for once. But, um, but yeah, no, it, it can definitely be testing and difficult and supporting that mental health piece is, is the most important thing. I saw a post actually earlier today that was saying like, can we just stop all these Zoom calls and video calls? Because sometimes you actually have a better conversation behind the screen, don't you, when you're not being seen? So it's just adapting to different styles and different things that you can do that can help your workforce as much as you can. And obviously for you as well, you're still getting to know everyone, aren't you, as a leader? Yeah. And I think, I think that I, if I hadn't had the sort of five to six weeks that I'd, I'd had in the office mm -hmm. and you know, if it's not coming across, I'm, I'm a reasonably chatty person and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of friendly and open and I've got a good level of confidence. And, and so, you know, I was out meeting people and I, I, got, I managed to get across to the American office in, in that sort of five week period mm -hmm. and see people there. So, so, you know, I, I, I missed out on Australia and it doesn't look like I'm going to get there for a while, but that's a shame. But, but, you know, I, I sort of, by getting out and talking to people and socializing, I, I did get to a reasonable comfort level with people. Mm. Had I not had any of that, I have no idea how I'd have been able to do this, right? I, it's very, very challenging to, to do that. And of course, don't forget, it's not just me learning about them, it's that they're learning about me and how I operate. And it's yeah. beholden on me to, to, to sort of share that a little bit and to sort of talk around that a little bit. And, and absolutely, and any, any new leader who denies this is not telling the truth. I made some mistakes in the first few weeks, right? I, I maybe misjudged a situation or misunderstood why something had been done. And, and so, you know, there were a couple of occasions where I was getting a bit of a vibe that I was maybe approaching something wrongly or, or you know, so I have to, you know, normally I'd take that person out for a coffee and eventually we'd get there. And, but over a video call, you're sort of leaning in and going, is everything okay? Have I done something wrong? And so your, your yeah. approach to how you build that relationship with those individuals changes as well. And, and that can be, that can be quite interesting. Yeah. For your team then, when you, when you join Naked Ones, were they operating under much flexible working? I think you were saying there was a little bit, but it, it, were they doing sort of a couple of days a week? And is this something you think you'll take moving forward then? So they weren't, they, they'd had a, a bit of a trial last year and, and where people had said, you know, can we do some homeworking? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and there was a bit of a trial put in place. And, and I'm not sure of the details, but basically it didn't, didn't quite have enough structure. It wanted to be a little bit sort of, well, you're empowered and do what you like as long as you, and, and maybe it didn't have enough structure to, anyway, it didn't, it didn't really go well. 
and so it all sort of got a little bit pulled back and was like no 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 let, let's not do that and and i think probably about two weeks three weeks into the lockdown i started yeah. to get questions through my leadership team but also directly from the guys uh, in the wider team you know saying um so you know going all right is this something we could do on a more <laughs> my message to them was absolutely clear is that this is yours to mess up right this is yeah. absolutely yours to mess up you you prove that you can run and contribute your value to the business effectively in this home working situation individually and as a team why would i say no right why would i not embrace that that future way of working you know so mm -hmm. I, I, and, and thus far they're really responding well to that um and and you know i still think there'll need to be some rigor around it um, yeah, but I've course. worked in those flexible situations. I, you know, I, I'm now, ironically, I've spent I've spent the last 20 years doing a sort of two-hour commute to London, and mm. now my now my company is 30 minutes up the road from where I live, right? Which which is that must accident. be lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's an accident more than planning, but but it's a nice one. And um, uh, but you know, I, I I so I've I've done lots of homeworking in the past before, but I have to go and you know be present in in norwich up the road and and be visible and and you know available to people and i think we'll all have to do a bit of that mm. uh, but people also want to work from home and they want to be treated like mature adults yeah, um, of course. yeah so from my point of view it, 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 it's theirs it's theirs to prove that that it works sustainably going forward yeah definitely i think you said earlier that um you've seen the teams you know now be more productive and um you know producing some great um, work so I think I think on a positive note um out of this lockdown is there's going to be more and more businesses that are going to go probably going to continue to mix it up I mean we at Transition Partners we always offered at least one or two days a week working from home and it may be that further down the line um you know when we can start phasing people back into the office that we have a bit of more of a mix and a balance. Um, I think for us it obviously opens up a lot of opportunity for recruiters across UK that we might have previously said no no we'd want you in Leeds three or four days a week in our head office we, we've got um, an office over in Berlin and it's always worked great and working from home or we work offices and we've been really flexible I think for us now it means that there's no kind of barriers in terms of opportunity mm. in the next the next hires we make and hopefully that'll be the same in tech which is really exciting. I think I think that plus it will open up the global boundaries a little bit more yeah uh, I think yeah you know, so as I mentioned earlier, um, I, um, I set up a, a development centre in Portugal, in, in Lisbon. Yeah, um, wow. And there was a lot of cynicism um, from the UK team. Uh, this is mm. what I was describing. There was a lot of cynicism about, well, how will that work? How do we do? And, you know, Sky was, had, had really lent into its agile journey and we, everything was co-location, collaboration, iteration. Yeah. You know, and, and which is all great. And it was like, well, how's that going to work if they're over there? Yeah. And, and we spent a, a lot of effort. Some of it involved video conferencing. Some of it involved a little bit of travel, all that kind of stuff. But we spent a lot of effort convincing people that remote working, even if it's in another office somewhere else, was just not really a barrier to productivity and to great quality work. So yeah. I know that. And I, and I think that sometimes that's the advantage is that, you know, what I bring as a leader is experience. I've not necessarily got everything right in my career, but experience of good things that work and things that don't work. And so I can bring that to Naked Wine and I have that knowledge to go, oh, no, no, I've seen this work. I, you know, I know that if we put this kind of environment and structure around it, it can work. And that opens up all sorts of, all sorts of opportunities. 
um, for, for growth and, and for, for a team that not only is globally responsive, but perhaps is physically globally located? Yeah? I think on that point, like you say, you've got loads of amazing experience. You've been there, done that within some huge um, branded organisations. It'd be brilliant if you can give us a few of your war stories and battle scars and, I guess, challenging scenarios you faced. We're in unprecedented times at the moment, but it'd be great to hear about things in your past that you've really learned from and kind of what gave you grit to where you are today. So there's a few of them. Um, uh, <laughs> some, of them some of them, you know, I probably don't want to relive too much, but... Um, uh, <laughs> but um, probably I... I I worked for BT um, for a number of years, um, mm. not, not as a direct employee, but as a, as a contractor or through one of the um, third party companies. And so I was on site at, at BT Labs at Marsham Heath up in um, Suffolk. And, um, uh, and BT was a great company doing great things, but absolutely colossal. Um, and it, it, it was quite a lot of aggression. There was quite a lot of, you know, shouting and, and pointing of fingers and, it, and it, culturally it wasn't that great a place this was back then I think you know it's, it's moved on considerably since then but mm. maybe sort of 15 odd years ago and um and I found that challenging because I'm kind of a you know I'm a nice person I, I like everybody to be happy I don't, I don't really like controversy you know sort of thing I, I, I like to placate people and everybody be smiling and all, all working happily together so I found that quite challenging and and you know at points was wondering whether not specifically within BT, I'm not, I'm not calling out anybody in particular, but wondered if there's been points in my career where I felt almost bullied. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and that's something that sort of stuck with me because I'm, a, I'm personally a very resilient character. I'm, I choose to be optimistic about things. I've got a high level of confidence. I'm, I'm always on the up, right, sort of thing. So, yeah. so you can definitely tell that, that from your attitude and the way you come across. Even yeah. if I was being a little bit oppressed, a little bit bullied and stuff like that, I might almost not recognise it. And, and, but there was a couple of occasions when I, you know, it made me think, well, how do I, how do I, having lived through a few of those scenarios myself, how do I make sure that I'm not supporting that kind of culture wherever else I go? So I think, you know, making sure that you don't tolerate any kind of um, un, undue pressure or bad behavior, and that needs to start at the top of an organization. And I sort of learned that in reverse, as it were, and then I've made sure that, that, you know, I've been really diligent at, at, at wheedling that out in any organizations that I've been responsible for and, and trying to keep myself true. I'm, I'm a pretty demanding person in terms of like, I, I always want more, I always want to go faster, all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But you can be demanding. Does that mean, Ellie? <laughs> yeah, you, you can be demanding without being horrible, right? And without being rude to people and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that was, you know, one of the things that stayed with me. And it's, it's not so much giving me grit, it's more it's more experiencing some of that situation has made sure I'm not giving that situation to other people. So that's sort of formed part of my approach and, and character there. I think more specifically that there, there are a couple of things that sort of uh, uh, resonate were launches. A every CTO is going to tell you there were some launches that <laughs> go entirely according to plan. No, um, they never do, do they? <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I particularly remember one where um, it, it, it was, it was a big thing, but, but it just wasn't, it, it, it wasn't meant to have any problems. It was one of those, it, it wasn't one that you thought was going to be a problem. It was when we launched the Sky Store service app. 
Um, and they've never had a service app before. This was, this was when people weren't really doing chat on mobile phones or anything like that. So, so it was a new thing. You could interface with a, 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 a service agent through this app on your phone, right? And, and right. I know that's old school, but, but 10 years ago, that was innovative, right? And, yeah, um, yeah, and we got this. And basically, it was brilliant. We've done lots of testing, trial. It was all really great. And, and the stakeholder I had at the time, who was an incredibly knowledgeable person about Sky Service Estate, very passionate, uh, uh, but, but quite unforgiving if things went wrong, right? So then, nice guy, I liked him, but just could really get, get you know, really be quite, you know, like that if things didn't go right and, and, and voice his opinion strongly. And, and everything was going well. And we decided to launch the app and release it to the app store at 6 a.m. Uh, one morning. And, um, and for some reason, I scheduled to speak at an all hands, a, a big sky all hands with the, with the CTO um, and a senior leadership group later that morning about 11 o'clock. And so for me, it was like, yeah, we'll release that at six o'clock in the morning. That'll be well. I'll go off. It was at Lord's Cricket Stadium where, where it was the venue. I'll, I'll go off to the cricket stadium and, uh, and do my little presentation, which was we launched this app today. Right, isn't it great and stuff like that? So that was the whole thing. Anyway, you know where this is going. Bas basically, the app launched, and the person who launched the app had released, I don't know, a wrong software library with it, and and it just didn't work. It just, it just, you couldn't get into the app. It was just like a complete no, no working, nothing. It wasn't like a little bug, and it was just game over. And Makes me anxious even hearing the stories. <laughs> I had the I had the director, the stakeholder, senior, six a.m. in the morning. He's like on the phone going, "App's not working, Dave." And I'm like, "What do you mean it's not working?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, of course it's working. We tested it. It totally works." He's like, "It's not working, Dave." And and you know this is this is like I say, several years ago, Apple Apple's release you know sort of process wasn't as smooth as we had to pull all sorts of stops out to get Apple to re resubmit one and get it out. And it took us a few hours and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I couldn't give my presentation at the all hands, a, a because I was too busy trying to pedal back and fix the problem. Right. And, and deal with this, you know, attentive stakeholder, shall we say, and, uh, and, and help the team to get to where they needed to, to fix the problem. And B because I couldn't go and do a presentation about the successful launch of an app that we just balled up. <laughs> So it was very tricky. Anyway, there's, there's a nice end to the story. We, we, we got it out. We got it back up within a few hours and, and it all worked. And I remember I, I went um, sort of about three o'clock in the afternoon. I went to the all hands at Lords, you know, just to sort of finish off the day and stuff like that. And my boss had said, better, better come and give me a debrief sort of thing. And I turned up and I, and I went in and somebody was doing a presentation in a huge room of all these you know, executive people. And my boss clocked me from across the room and, and he just nodded at me and he went, like, I'll, I'll meet you outside, right? Sort of thing. And I was like, and he was a nice guy and everything, but I was just like, oh, I'm going to get it for this. This is, this is. You didn't need it after that day. It's just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going. And he came out and, and uh, I'll name check him. There's a chap called Colin McRae, uh, lovely chap, right? And he came out and he just walked straight up to me and he gave me the biggest bear hug. And he went, <laughs> it's all right. We all have days like that. And that stayed with me as something that, you know, right in the fire when everything was, had gone as wrong as it could be. Unintentionally, we'd done all the right things, you know. It was just a little mistake, a little bit of human error at the last thing. And he mm -hmm. just like, now, we had some 
interesting conversations after that about how we're not going to do it again. You know, he didn't let me totally off the hook sort of thing. But his initial reaction was to be supportive in the moment. And, and I hope that over time since then and, and in the future when, you know, my teams don't do so well, when mistakes are made, as they will be, I hope that I have that same compassion. That's amazing. Because like you say, you've got to learn from it. So you've got to be able to have the discussions afterwards to be able to take what you've learned moving forward. But at the time, all you need is that support. I bet you needed a glass of wine that night. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Definitely. It was good. And, um, and, and, and you know, I, I, back to my point about education, I, I, I think I've got a, a well-rounded education now because I tried to learn from everything. I'm, I'm stubborn as well, like everybody else. I think I'm right all the time, you know, but, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. I've learned from those experiences and, um, and then hopefully take other people on the same journey. And I think that's, that's, what, that's what ultimately enables you to support others in their journey is being able to share mm-hmm. that, those experiences. So um, on that note, obviously we've talked about, I and mean, one of our questions is usually to go through um, leadership styles and how you would um, motivate your teams. And I think we've kind of um, touched on that on those areas um, with some of your answers. Um, so it'd be quite interesting for the viewers and listeners to know more about and understand what you would like your legacy to be sure. um, in the future. Um, so I... I, I I thought about this a little bit and I, and I thought, well, I'm not really a, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not inventing anything here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't even own any IP in anything particular, you know, something. I, I, I thought, well, I'm not going to be remembered for some kind of, oh, he invented that, he invented this. And, you know, there's some really interesting things that I've been involved in. One of the things that stands out is that you know, I, um, I led the technology team that delivered the, the world's first broadcast TV on a mobile phone. And just think about that for a second. Now, we broadcast on mobile devices all the time. We take it for granted. Look at what we're doing now. There was a time when this didn't exist. And, and um, it, it was when I was at BT, part of a venture there called BT Vision. Um, and we beat the Koreans in, in delivering um, uh, broadcast TV to a mobile phone and, I, and I've got it hanging on my wall in a little case that, that I can't show you because it's got swear words on it. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it basically is, it, you know, there, there are things like that. And, and then I think, well, is that what I want to be remembered for? And I don't think it's, I don't think I want to be remembered for the things that I built, the projects I ran and all that kind of stuff. I think I'd rather be remembered for the teams that I led, the teams that I built, the people that I pulled together. And, and I've always sort of described it as a, um, uh, it, it, you know, my drug of choice is, is, is the buzz I get off of seeing people progress, right? So, you know, we were talking about Armadeep earlier on, right? I, I'm not responsible for Armadeep's career. I was a small cog in, in, in you know, her, her big sort of cycle of getting to where she's got to today. But I was pleased to be involved. And I'm absolutely certain that at some point in time, I, I will have input to her you know in in moving on in that career and giving her the right support and there's there's a there's a chap now um who um who's above where i was in in sky now um who came from the portuguese office chap called pedro giada and he's like almost one of my proudest sort of uh uh, people that i've worked with in that i i i uh, he came with an acquisition that i led for sky and and um and i put some faith in him and he responded well to that and 
you know, he by his own admission was not a great people person. You know, he wasn't a great leader, he was a great technologist, but not a great people person. But he wanted to learn so much. So I kind of helped him and coached him and mentored him. Not just me, lots of other people as well. He had a few other leaders in Sky. And he soaked it all up and he soaked it all up. And now he's a leader, you know, beyond where I am as a leader. And I'm really proud to have been involved in part of that. And so I think that's what my legacy will be, is that people whose careers I've been, you know, in touch with or, or been mm -hmm. a part of, and they've achieved not necessarily commercial success, but achieved what they wanted to be as mm -hmm. a person in their professional lives. And if I've helped that, that's, that's a good legacy for me. That's great. More of the imprint then that you leave yeah. it with people. Yeah, yeah that's yes, I guess. Do you get involved in them or are you, um, yeah, do you get involved in any mentorship programs? Are you a mentor or do you have a mentee? Um, so I do a bit of unofficial mentoring um, to a few people. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got, you know, you can imagine over the years, I've, I've picked up a few people who, who keep in touch and ping me, up, uh, you know, every now and again and say, can I have a chat about this? It's often when they're thinking of taking a career change, you know, that's obviously the point at which people want a little bit of advice and guidance. Um, and, and, I, and I do that. I was involved in, in that scheme um, at both um, Sky and also at Camelot. I think it's something that we're probably going to develop uh, more at Naked Wines as we grow as a company, as we, you know, take the current employees on, on that growth journey. And as obviously we expand and bring in new employees. I think, you know, people will want mentoring. I think people will want a little bit of support about, you know, are they doing the right things? Are they engaging with their, their uh, peers and, and their colleagues in the right way? And, and, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, and so that's something which I don't, I'm not officially doing at the minute, but I, absolutely I've always enjoyed doing and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some more. Great, fantastic. I think it'll be good to find out, obviously you're very busy, but, um, and now's a difficult time because we're all trapped in and locked at home for a few more weeks but it, it'd be interesting to find out how you look after yourself um, and how you keep yourself sane and healthy and manage the stress of, of, of your role at Naked Wines and your previous roles before what, what do you do? So uh, my, my team today and all of my previous teams will tell you I get quite excited right I've got a lot of energy <laughs> My hands come up a lot like this, even in video calls. And, I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm a high energy, excitable person. Right? I, I, I like to call that passion because that's a that's a nice professional word. Yeah. Um, what I don't do is I don't get shouty. I, I'm always quite vocal, but I don't get shouty. I never lose my rag. I, I'm, I'm not an angry, angry person. I always prefer to look on the positive side of things. And I think mentally that positions me to be resilient. Yeah. And I think I think that, you know, that that's really helpful. I think there are some other things. There's some practical things. I, I uh, You know, um, I remember when I went to um, uh, I, I've always I, I joked about when I went to uh, Shoreditch about about getting rid of my suits. I, I didn't really get rid of my suits. I just I just downgraded them to sports jackets. Right. And jeans, you know. Sort of thing. So um, um, I, I've always been reasonably well presented within the office environment right it's just something from when i started out life I, you know i've always worn a suit or a jacket or whatever sort of thing and i continue to do that to this day and i remember when i when i went to america the ceo um sent uh, somebody to pick me up um in from the hotel in a in a car and um and I, i'd only sort of spoken to the ceo a few times on video calls and stuff like that and the person said how will i recognize him and and he just said well, he'll be the smartest person you've ever met 
And so, so it's like, <laughs> and, and so it's a thing. People joke about it and they go, oh, why is it? But actually, for me, it's a uniform, right? Yeah. And so consequently, I like to put it on, get into work mode. And then when I get home at the end of the day, I take it off. I never have dinner and carry on my evening in, in my uniform, right? And that's a sort of a mental release from it. And it allows me to switch off and transition out of that. You know, that can be difficult when you're, when you're running a global organization in the same way that I am for the technology function for Naked Wines. You know, you're not often off, you know, but, um, but the, the, having that sort of, I'm now in a different role for this period of my day, I think mm. that helps. And then the final thing is perspective. Right. So I think, you know, just reminding yourself on a daily basis, I, I pretty much spent all of my life working in, you know, not, not, you know, particularly at times like this, not anything you'd call frontline services. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've enjoyed immensely the industries I've worked in telecommunications, um, uh, TV and entertainment. These are all important things in our lives, all part of our culture. Wine, that's a huge part of our culture, right? And also uh, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, we, we, are, we are not just the, the wine, but the interaction and uh, the conversations that are going on around the wine are important to, to people in, in lockdown. Yeah, so they, but I'm not a nurse, right? We're, we're not saving lives here. We're not, in, and so that perspective, you know, just every now and again, stepping back and going, the world's not blown up here. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to do something and we're trying to do right by our customers and our staff and our partners. And, and, and we should be diligent about that and put our best foot forward at all times. But it's not the end of the world if something goes a bit wrong. And so it's certainly not worth losing sleep over. And I sleep very well. Yeah, no, I think that's really important, isn't it? I think, if, like you say, it's good to take a step away from it and realize that we do that sometimes don't we Sandra when we get a bit carried away and you think it's life or death and we're just like I think that, that's the advantage of like having each other isn't it as a balancing board to be able to say no it's all right just leave yeah. it but I think one of the things I learned from some colleagues a few years ago when I was a bit younger uh, and I was working with with people from my age now and um we were just having a round table conversation and they all had hobbies and I was like I've got a hobby but I hobbies I'm, I'm got a hobby that feels old manish you know sort of thing and so <laughs> but but it stuck with me over a little while and so i spent a, a little while searching for hobbies and i've done a few bits and bobs but the one that i that i've sort of settled on and i'm most passionate about at the moment is beekeeping oh wow that's so I cool bees, i have bees in my garden i recently uh this weekend just gone i harvested a whole lot of honey from them um, how many bees have you got uh at the moment it'll be about sixty thousand. Whoa. <laughs> so you harvested your honey at the weekend? Yeah, but, but to put it into context for those who don't know about beekeeping, that's actually yeah. only one hive. Oh, is it only one? I thought that might be like two or three. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It depends on what time of year they shrink and grow, but, but I won't bore you about bees. We could do a whole other podcast on bees if you like. But, uh, but the point is, it's, it's something different from my day job, and it's yeah. something go and you have to be reasonably quiet and collected and focused mm. on what you're doing and and that is a, a, a welcome release as well. yeah it sounds like you'd be able to properly switch off um yeah. that. how much honey will that produce then uh I, that one hive was a little light this time round, but i got about 30 jars out of it Wow. wow, that's so cool. Amazing. I love that. In lockdown, and I was at your studio, I would give you a jar. I would have brought it oh, well, Thank you. Well, we'll have to arrange for that when we, uh, when we get back to the office. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, so 
I think last question really, and what will be really interesting to, to end this on and, and hear about is obviously you've been with Naked Wines for um, four or five months now. Um, you know, you've talked about upscaling and kind of like loose plans for, for growth. What's within your, your role currently and within Naked Wines, what are you most excited about? What plans, you know, what are your kind of ne- what the next big plans for you looking like over the next kind of year or two? Sure. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it, it's still early days, to be honest. But, you know, in the first few weeks, I was like, right, what have I got in people terms? You know, mm-hmm. ha- have I got have I got a bunch of skilled individuals here? Can I take them on that next journey? Um, and, 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 you know, sometimes that's, you know, not always the case. In this case, m- my, my predecessor did a did a really great job of bringing a, a bunch of skilled and talented people together. Um, and, um, and so that was a big tick for me. It was like, right, I've got these people. Now, they haven't operated at the scale that we're going to go to before, um, certainly not within in Naked Wines, um, and nor have their teams in the main, yeah? So, uh, you know, helping them understand what that looks like and setting a clear strategy for them to be able to, to grow and scale the company, um, uh, uh, you know, as a team and as individuals. That really excites me. I'm, I'm all about the people in that sense, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think the, the other bit that excites me is that um, is bringing technology into the business a bit more. So I think there's been, as is often the case in companies, there's been a little bit of sort of, you know, separation, service provider, supplier and customer sort of thing. And I think I think we can do that globally a, a, a lot, a lot better. And that will fuel our ambition in terms of growth, in terms of getting through the right product development that, that we want to do across um, across you know our website apps and our and our services to to our customers and also to the winemakers so i think you know it is scale it is growing all of that kind of stuff but you know the recent uh, covid-19 um, uh, sort of peak in in some services like food and wine has has shown us that that, that ambition is is within our grasp yeah that that there, there is the the opportunity that people want to buy great products uh, in a in a more direct to consumer fashion, and have a bit more control over that. Have some mm. relationship with the supply chain. You know, where's this coming from? Where's their where's their food and their wine coming from? And so I think you know, just keeping on doing that, but at a but at a much much bigger scale. We've got some interesting projects coming up, which I probably can't really talk about too much. Uh, but yeah, Naked Wines is certainly going to be one to watch, and and, um, and I think we're we're on an interesting growth journey. It's exciting. Yeah, sounds great. That's super exciting. Well, thank you so much, David, for um, taking the time to come on the podcast today. It was lovely to meet you as well. Um, looking forward to signing up for a membership on Naked Wines. Um, and, uh, and some honey. And hopefully when uh, when we get back into the office, it'd be great for you to come and visit. But um, yeah, it's been great having you on and hearing your story. So thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much, Ali. Thank you, Susan. It's been, it's been lovely to chat, reminisce about some old times, some I maybe had forgotten about a little bit more, but thinking about the future, <laughs> it, it's all good. I, I hope you guys remain safe. Lovely. And if anyone's got any questions, anything you've touched on today that they'd like to find a little bit more about, um, are they happy, okay to sort of message you directly on LinkedIn? Are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter, DC99 on Twitter. Uh, on LinkedIn, David Crawford, you'll, you'll find me, Naked Wine CTO. So um, yeah, absolutely, I've got quite a big network and I'm, I'm always happy to uh, to meet new people and discuss stuff. So that's great. Great. Fantastic. 
Um, thank you very much for the listeners tuning in. Um, we've got a couple of superb speakers lined up as well for the next couple of weeks while we're still in lockdown. Um, but please do get in touch um, on the Transition Partners LinkedIn if you've got any questions that you'd like us to specifically ask for the upcoming speakers. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Stay safe all.